people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Master Jamie held together at the 350, leads into the straighter half length. Dr. Zeus travelling strongly. Langrow gets to the outside, followed by Dallin. Then came Inquiry for Nah. Deeper out, Space Time, Willie Good. And then Bold Style, but down inside the 200. Master Jamie, Dr. Zeus clear of Langrow. It's on the inside, Master Jamie. He's kicked strongly, Master Jamie. He's going to go home all the way from Dr. Zeus. Third in was Fanar flashing home from Langrow. And then came Dallin, followed by So You Dream Last chance, Willie Good. Master Jamie taking out the tab. Cleveland Bay last Saturday at Cluton Park Townsville as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. Looking back at all of the country racing and some of the highlights out of the provincial circuit as well. And that was certainly one of them last Saturday. Master Jamie winning the Cleveland Bay. The tab Townsville Cup going to Fortification. And the Townsville Guineas going to Namazoo, who's made a clean sweep of the Guineas so far. And we would hope can go on and uh, manage to do a clean sweep by picking up the Daintree Guineas at Cairns later in the month. Plenty of news to get through on the show today. We'll talk about Bongo's win in the Mutabara Cup for Mutant's win in the Nanango Cup and a track record set at uh, Charleville on the weekend. Helping us out with the news as always is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And uh, what a wonderful horse Master Jamie has been and a great job that Graham Green, Tony, has done uh, with this galloper. There's such a story behind him, isn't there, with the uh, the, the winner of the Gateway, I think it was, and... Uh, that got him into the straight break, but he's such a good front-running horse, and you could see Brad Pangali had a lap full of horse and timed the run to perfection in the straight. So, Graham Green, congratulations, Brad Pen- Pangali. And Master Jamie, a top effort taking that Cleveland Bay, Tony. I was saying to somebody on the weekend after the race, and we're always very clever post-race, aren't we, <laughs> that uh, you should have taken notice, Tony, of the uh, the, the runner-up spot behind Last Chance in the Rocky Newmarket last month. That should have screamed be on me next time all over it, especially the $5. And, yeah, Master Jamie got out in front, stayed out in front, 2.3 lengths, the winning margin. Yeah, he's been an ever-consistent horse and, as I said, a real credit to Graham Green. But the story also um, in that carnival, as you mentioned in the uh, preliminary there, Nemazoo, uh, this this uh, three-year-old's doing what uh, Penny Agua uh, did as well. I think Penny Agua got Mackay, Townsville and um, Cairns. But Nemazoo's looking for the clean sweep with four um, if he goes on to the Cairns one. Ricky Vale's done an amazing job uh, with, with Namazoo so far. And, uh, yeah, hopefully after the Whit Sunday Guineas at Mackay, the Capricornia Guineas at Rockhampton, now the Townsville Guineas, add the Daintree Guineas at Cairns, that on the 28th of uh, August, the clean sweep of the Guineas would be something quite special. And, uh, yeah, the horse has been doing uh, great things for, for Ricky uh, since he was able to uh, to pick him up uh, out of the uh, the James Cummings stable. Looking back through his previous starts, he had more trials than race starts when you look back at what he'd done previously and now had 14 starts for four wins and four placings. And uh, three of those wins and the placing have come since he uh, ended up in the Ricky Vars stable. And, of course, the Townsville Cup with fortification. Jeffrey Court and Scott Sheargold combining a decent uh, win there at good odds there. And uh, Jeffrey Court's always got a, a good horse in the stable and uh, got up over the Chris Uddard. Now, Chris Uddard, my understanding, has moved to Townsville. That's right. And he went close with Bering C uh, yeah. in the in the second place. And Nathan Thomas, I'm pretty sure Nathan also rode a double on the day up there, Tony. Yeah, uh, Graham Cleese and Manu Pokita with doubles as well. And, uh, and fortification has just been doing a 
amazing things for, for Jeffrey Cord since joining the stable from uh, Brian and Daniel Guy on the Gold Coast. Had eight runs for Jeffrey since joining him for four wins and three placings. A bit hard to get uh, better than that, other than, I suppose, doing a winks like eight wins. But uh, even so, it's been quite amazing. And not forgetting some of the action out of Friday's program at Townsville, Rob. Uh, the Bell of the Burdekin going to uh, Taraki for Chris Whiteley and Graham Green having a big weekend. Townsville Lightning was won by Temple Run. There's Nathan Thomas for Gary Dixon. And uh, that was where Nathan picked up his double on Friday, along with Chris mm. Whiteley and Watterson Villa picking up doubles. Yeah, Nathan had another winner called Wanna, uh, Wanna Tweet. I think I picked a couple of his on Saturday. I was obviously on the wrong day. I should have looked at the results on the Friday <laughs> uh, before I did any Saturday tipping. But, uh, oh, look, it continues the wonderful provincial carnivals we're seeing up the um, up the coastline, uh, Tony. And, uh, of course, the final stage is about to be entered with the move to Cairns. Yes, off to Cairns for the uh, Newmarket and the Bill of the Daintree. That's coming up uh, at uh, Cannon Park on the 21st of August. That's uh, Saturday week. And then uh, Saturday fortnight, Cairns Jockey Club have their Cairns Cup, Daintree, Guineas and Cairns Lightning meeting. And then, of course, we're counting down to all of the action coming up for the Far North Queensland Amateur Turf Club with the Cairns Amateurs coming up in September. Now, Rob, just before we uh, go on to our next guest this morning, uh, we had some news come through yesterday that was uh, disappointing, a little sad, mm. but at the same time, not that unexpected, that Birdsville is going to be off for 2021. But it does mean there's going to be two Birdsville carnivals in 2022. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's really really disappointing, and obviously for the whole River Circuit area, because once Birdsville was off, then Batuta and uh, Baduri followed suit, so there's no River Circuit meeting, and it would have been an extremely hard decision. But I did see some social media reports uh, that showed a lot of the ticket buyers were trying to come from uh, areas that were in lockdown or would have trouble getting back to those areas. And and an interesting point was made to me this morning, Tony, that there's so many towns along the way benefit when Birdsville has big functions and those towns tend to stock up with a lot of... Well, it might be, only, might be fuel, it might be through to products as well, uh, but they tend to stock up heavily expecting that big traffic coming through. So the call to some people may have looked a little bit early, but it has to be made at some point because it impacts across the board in the area. Um, and there's a real flow-on effect. So sad that we don't see these carnivals down the river circuit because it would have been lovely to flow on uh, from the ones we've been looking at, the provincials there and the Cairns. But Racing Queensland and the uh, and the Central West um, and, and uh, Gary Peoples, our representative, have worked tirelessly over yesterday to um, ensure that uh, the meetings are replaced within the Central West region. And this will all be available on the RQ website. But basically, the Batuta meeting that was on the 28th of August is now replaced by a meeting at the Junda course, the Junda race course. And it's a six-event program. And very importantly, as of September 1, under the new um, funding arrangements uh, due to the point of consumption tax funding uh, increase that Racing Queensland has gained, uh, the uh, non-TAB uh, funding of, uh, of races increases um, to, I think it's 8.5 thousand per race. And uh, in this Junda one, which is not the 1st of September, it's great to see they've put that as the prize money on that day. Each race is 8500 as per the new schedule of funding for uh, non-TAB racing as of 
September 1. A very good guest you're there by Racing Queensland, six races. Then you go to Bark Calden on Saturday, the 4th of um, September, where you no longer have the birds for carnival. Um, you get to Bar Calden and you have an eight-race program, TAB, TAB Sky Channel program, $15,000 per race. Uh, it's a wonderful program that many trainers and owners will look forward to. And from that as well, you move to the 11th of September where Baduri was racing, now moves to a six-race program at Ilfracombe, again with that 8500 prize money per race and of course cutest bonuses and just very quickly that's one of the things that's also been allocated as part of the um the new uh, investment into racing as of september one there'll be uh, cutest races on every single non-tab program is my understanding moving forward so uh, this is wonderful news across the board. But unfortunately, yes, we do not have the river circuit. They look forward to uh, next year where birds will race twice on Sunday. And this is the interesting thing too, Tony. I thought Sunday the 10th of the 4th and Monday the 11th. And I'm sure if you've got a good calendar going forward, I've got a funny feeling that's a week before Easter. Mm. So it might be trying to attract a real tourism market by placing it there uh, to uh, to compensate for what's been uh, missed coming up in September. So uh, in addition to that, I do believe there was also, yes, another race added to the Surratt program on the 4th of September, a 1,200-metre benchmark 60 worth 8,500. And the Cloncurry and District Race Club on the 11th of September have an open handicap 1,400 metres, 8,500 added to the program. So all of these details will be available or are available, to my knowledge, on the Racing Queensland website. And that was all done in the space of uh, a day. So a big team effort went on there, I imagine, behind the scenes. And uh, Cole Truscott, uh, working in overdrive, made sure that the uh, calendar is now available for those new venues and dates, Tony. Yes, the uh, details already up on uh, racingqueensland.com.au. Well, Rob, as I mentioned, we had a track record set at Charleville on the weekend. Here's what happened. Nick the skip. He's uh, got clear about three or four lengths in front over Reach for Heaven. His run was short-lived and they're followed by Old Town Road. Well, Nick the skip is nicely clear over Reach for Heaven who's trying hard in second place. He doesn't have a rope, but Nick has skipped right away from them. And Nick the skip, he continues on this winning way. The margin, have a guess at the end. Oh, let's make it eight. Let's make it eight. Oh, another plan's got up for second with Hazar, but at the head bobber. Second Second and third could go either way, followed by Reach for Heaven. Rob, Just we're going to have to buy our next guest a tape measure because he, he can't estimate what eight links looks like. Uh, Brett Moody, it was only 7.75 links. <laughs> I think yeah, his, his eyesight's pretty good, uh, Brett Moody, and we are just mentioning Nemazu being a good horse up in the Townsville Carnival. Well, tell us about Nick the Skip. I saw him win and I called him winning at Blackall. He's pretty impressive uh, for Shane Iverson and Anna Bacos, and I reckon you did real well to go so close to the eight lengths. I just love that new line you've brought out. He doesn't have a rope with Nick the Skip. Good morning to you, Brett. What a horse this appears to be. Yeah, good morning, uh, Rob, good, and uh, welcome back, to, uh, Tony. Yes, uh, uh, it's uh, pretty fitting because he's one of those horses that just doesn't seem to be uh, actually, um, you know, extend or, you know, uh, you see a horse come down the outside really lengthening. He just, uh, all the only really thing you notice with him is that the margin just gets bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, that's why, the, well, he's obviously named that way, but he, he does do that. He just uh, seems to just skip away without any anyone knowing and, uh and Anna obviously has a great association and uh, little wonder that she's labelled him 
uh, his uh, her favourite horse. Uh, but yeah, in the old days, I think the judge would have given me the uh, the eight lengths as close enough is good enough. But not these days where the computer actually spits out uh, yeah the 0.75 or whatever. But anyway, um, it was certainly a big margin because at the first uh, on show day, of course, he won by eight lengths. So it's uh, he's uh, making a habit of it, and he broke the track record there in 108.16, and it's a significant track record because. It is the race where the new market is run over, so it's the, probably the distance that gets the biggest test uh, with the uh, times. And uh, at uh, on show day, of course, he was originally set for the new market, but of course they didn't read the fine print with regards to the new market being part of the Battle of the Bush, so he's ineligible. And he went in the benchmark 60, and he ran significantly faster time than the new market, so little doubt that he would have won the new market. Uh, he won by eight lengths there. He ran 108.82, so he gave the track record, which was held by uh, Billy and Mel Johnson's a prolific winner in Montanus, uh, uh, a real shake on that occasion, and now he's broken it. So he now owns two of the three fastest 1,200-metre times uh, at the uh, Charleville track, and it was a big win. You mentioned the runner-up there, Hazar, uh, was just uh, in a different race. Uh, he coming off a third to Fab's Cowboy, and another plan ran third, and he was a Walgett Cup winner. So they were just in a different race. Would have been a pretty competitive race uh, had you taken him out of it. So he's now uh, clocked up 28,000 for Willie Toner, of course, uh, former uh, heavyweight jockey in our region and uh, now has uh, uh, joined with uh, Shane Iverson, the ownership, along with his sons, Alec and Ben, uh, and uh, certainly been a, a great uh, winner and uh, great money spinner for the uh, stable and to kick Shane off. And, uh, of course, his uh, tally, uh, just done a quick tally, 16 out of 49 since he made his comeback five months ago, Shane Iverson. So a strike rate of uh, over 30%. And uh, Nick just keep going a long way towards that. And uh, the birds, I think he was going to be set for the birds full sprint. So they'll have to uh, uh, reassess uh, their target uh, this campaign. I was going to say, Brett, um, those times are very significant because we do know the Charleville track can accentuate margins. You know, they, they can be a bit too far for some horses and, and look a bit too extreme. But when you get those times, it just totally backs it up. And I know Anna Bacos at Blackhall, she just said he's just, just a charm to ride. And maybe now they will look... Um, well, for one thing, you mentioned uh, the new market and uh, the ineligibility there because of the um, Battle of the Bush. But certainly this horse is putting himself into the right... Um, position for things like the stampede down the track next year's battle of the bush to in your mind is that sort of quality horse i'm sure they'll even aim for that tab meeting maybe in uh, barcold and now that um the uh, birdsville carnival is not not there but in your mind you see him in that quality that he goes towards those feature races yeah certainly you rob and he's uh, worked his way through the classes and uh, he's just getting better with with every run and that was certainly the way he put away that uh, pretty good open company field. Uh, he stepped. It's generally a big step from the benchmarks up to the open company, mm. but he he, he didn't uh, uh, turn turn aside with glance. Of course, he had that run at Ipswich uh, where he just got back and with the uh, 57 and was wide and worked home nicely um, in that race. There, I think he's certainly provincial class, if not uh, off-season uh, Metro midweek class. Uh, Nick the skip, but. I'm sure there's plenty of riches for him to plunder in the West as well. So uh, yep. congratulations to them. 
uh, and a great win there. And, of course, they started off with a winning double, Anna and uh, Shane Iverson uh, getting a great uh, combo. Of course, Anna uh, was runner-up in the uh, country apprentices and the jockeys uh, title last season. So she's off to a good start to go one better this season with a uh, winning double. And uh, they teamed up with Mashani Ghost to take out the uh, President's Plate, the Maiden, over a 1,000 metres to start off the day. And uh, it was a great ride by Anna. Uh, stayed on the inside, which uh, proved to be uh, the, uh, be- the best place to be again at Charleville on Saturday. And uh, he just uh, put them away nicely. He'd been working up to a win with that third at Cunnamulla and that close second at Longreach at his previous two starts. So he beat home great brave. Another minor placings up to start 32. I think he's had 10 minor placings. And Amani Blaze, a new horse for James Hatch, was well supported in the race and loomed to win, but uh, just weak in the last little bit, he might pay to follow there. So uh, they got the day off. That was the first uh, leg of the winning double and uh, followed up by Nick the Skip. He won the sixth running of the Neville Green Memorial, a popular figure in the uh, Charleville Racing. We had our Memorial Race Day. The second event was the Jim Pugsley Memorial, which carried the cutest out of stake, but it didn't go off. It was won by Difficult for Wayne Baker and uh, Scott Swedeman. Uh, this uh, all-too-hard mare has really been a revelation for Wayne Baker and shows him and his team's uh, ability with uh, those horses. She's well-known, very difficult. Um, of course, she'd been a late scratching a couple of times when she first come. Now she goes out about uh, five minutes before the other horses and gets around at the start, and they fixed that part of it. She was spending a lot of um, energy before the race, gates even open. Uh, and now she's uh, transferring it to the racetrack. Of course, she's obviously shown ability. She ran in last year's Blue Diamond, as we've mentioned, uh, and uh, she was just simply too fast for opposition, taking the Jim Pugsley Memorial, which was the 33rd running of uh, former trainer and course curator there on the uh, time-honoured event there. And beat home, uh, she's now had four starts at Charleville for three wins in a second, and beat home Whiskey Apple, another trained by Mark Johnson, a track specialist. He's had seven starts here for three wins and three seconds. So good performance by Difficult off uh, gate number one. Uh, the third event was the 40th running of the Les Baker Memorial and uh, we're only a month away from the 40th anniversary of that tragic incident uh, where Les lost his life, a number of uh, other um, racing dignitaries and a uh, plane crash coming back from the Batuta races uh, so it seems like yesterday, but it's uh, 40 years and another time-honoured event. And this was won by the uh, um, Boom Shake the Room, Gary Bignall. Uh, he's now uh, based, uh, he has a little base uh, at Eulo, just out of uh, Kalamala at the moment. And he's been uh, going to and fro, so certainly a, a welcome addition to our ranks. And uh, this was a pretty impressive win by Boom Shake the Room, uh, beating a tail for Craig Smith. Uh, Robbie Farr was the winning jockey there and uh, he hadn't forgotten the shortest way home. It's been a few years since he'd been at uh, Charleville, but he hugged the rail there on Boom Shake the Room and uh, got the money. And the other event on the program was won by Not Liable. This was the um, benchmark 45. Uh, he appreciated a drop back in uh, class. Uh, Michael Morn, great to see Gemma Steele back in the winner's circle. I know uh, uh, Morny has had a, a bit of an opinion of him, was a bit frustrated that he couldn't get it out of him, but uh, dropped back to the benchmark 45 grade where the rest of the field, the whole field only had one win between them in 2021. So uh, he, his class and the drop back in class, uh, he was able to uh, put them away there. So, uh, yeah, um, there was a, a beautiful day weather-wise. Uh, just a small crowd, but uh, some great racing and highlighted by that win of Nick the Skip. 
Yeah, Brett, and uh, it's also great to see the continuance of these memorial race days, and this is a significant one for Charleville, as you said in your report, but I was really impressed by that difficult as well that you gave a, a big rundown on there, that all-too-hard mare. I think difficult and Nick the Skip uh, can certainly be followed uh, with a lot of confidence out of that meeting. Yeah, I'd say that the two do uh, come out of the uh, meeting there, uh, Rob. And where are you off to next, Brett? Uh, we got Cunnamulla this uh, Saturday, so uh, yeah, we're doing a uh, back-to-back uh, suicide run, so to speak. So hopefully the body will hold up. But uh, yeah, uh, it'll be uh, it's an unfortunate clash with Paulwoods uh, uh, drawing out of the same pool of horses, but uh, it's a meeting uh, for the region nonetheless. So hopefully they'll get enough enough jockeys and. Uh, and they'll have a reasonable meeting on Saturday. Well, join us, if you will, next Tuesday to uh, let us know what happened at uh, Cunnamulla and District Diggers Race Club on the weekend. Will do. Thanks for having me, boys. Good on you, Brett. Brett Moody there. And, Rob, having a look at the calendar for this coming weekend, as Brett mentioned, along with Cunnamulla, it's Gladstone Cup Day on Saturday. Gladstone Turf Club hosts the Gladstone Cup, the Gladstone Newmarket and the Wayne Wilson Memorial. Uh, Longreacher Racing, as are Prairie. It's Prairie Cup Day and Dorwood Cup Day, as Brett mentioned there. And I'm loving the series of club spotlights that Jordan Gerrans is putting up on the Racing Queensland website. He's doing tall with this week. And there's a really nice write-up there talking about the history of this club. It's one of these uh, many clubs that race just once a year. And uh, there's a lot of quotes in there where uh, President Cole Mitchell, who's been in the role for the last four years, is talking about some of the committee members who are uh, rolling into their 50th year of service in Jeff Phillips and Jim Montgomery, two of the longest-serving members of the club. But it's lovely to be able to see uh, that kind of recognition for people who have given so much to these country clubs and, and kept it going for such a long time. And he's right on the money, Tony, because he did a spotlight on Mutterborough prior to the Mutterborough Cup meeting that we'll be uh, hearing very shortly and uh, featured how Rodney Little was trying to uh, achieve that elusive goal of training a Mutterborough Cup winner. So he, he was right on the money because uh, Quinella result came out of the Mutterborough Cup. Let's have a listen to how it all happened. Now here comes Metzen, he's got to the better part of the track and he's starting to tack on but Boingo's got about a three length lead on him as it goes up to the stable mate Jarhead, they match motors out in front, Metzen trying to put itself into the race on the outside, I want to be a jeep and burden up along the rails Boingo goes up, grabs the lead the mare and Amabel shoots for home Boingo's gone about a length in front of the stable mate Jarhead Boingo, he's going to do it for Rodney Little and the team, the first ever cup here at Mutterborough for them, defeats the stable Stable mate Jarhead, stable Quinella, that's how you do it, Rod Little. Then they go back along the rails to Burden, sneaking home into third. Uh, further then back out on the track. They'll come out of the dust for me. Mention. Yeah, they certainly race in the dust. I enjoyed watching those on the weekend on the uh, on the bit channel there with the Mutterborough Cup going to Boingo. And as we've often said on Bushbeat, Rob, there's nothing like winning your hometown couple feature sprint. Oh, and Rodney has been trying for, I'd say, 30 years or so to win the Mutterborough Cup. Uh, and, of course, he's only been in Ilfracombe the last 10 years, a long-term resident of Mutterborough prior to that. And in 2019, uh, he and wife Maureen were uh, given life membership of the club. I don't think I've seen emotions run so high after a local cup victory as I saw on the weekend. And, and Rod Little, he's a, a man of few words, but uh, they, they mean a lot when he speaks. And, and he was extremely emotional. And he was just so worried, Tony, that all week everything was going to plan. And he was worried that something would cause a mishap <laughs> or something would go wrong. But as you heard, the result 
a fantastic result. Two starters in the race, and Boingo defeating Jarhead, the stable mate with Burden, who came off two strong wins as its prior two runs, uh, into third. And, and let's remember, this mare was a first emergency for the Battle of the Bush. She's by helmet. She's had 67 starts for 12 wins, 12 seconds, 15 thirds. And she ran second at Eagle Farm at odds of about 200 to 1 on the 30th of June. Had a start at the Sunshine Coast and then came back to Tambo uh, last week. Stepped up from the 1,000 to the 1,400. And Emma Bell just rode it to perfection. She was able to position herself on Jarhead's heels. Burden had jumped to the front, but uh, Alicia had elected to ease back. Metzen was struggling a bit with the surface and the dirt. And uh, she got the gap on him. And uh, it was all over as they came into the straight. And uh, that combination, Emma Bell and Rodney Little, are going um, so well. And as the day progressed, of course, I think Rod w- probably was getting a bit worried because his other runners were getting places, but they weren't, they weren't hitting home with the wind. But congratulations to the stable. And great to see the, uh, the presentation and the emotion um, shown there by the whole team from the Rod Little stable as they got the Quinella in the David and BB Second Memorial Mudderborough Cup for 2021. But uh, Brett mentioned before about Anna Bakos being second in the country uh, jockey and apprenticeship um, apprentices uh, title f- for the previous season. Well, the winner of that title, and we have congratulated her in previous weeks, Alicia Ross, well, dominated the program. First three winners on the day go to Alicia Ross. She combined with Clinton Austin with Angels of Fenway. Now, this young lady has had six of eleven ride, uh, six of the eleven rides uh, were wins for Alicia on uh, Angels of Fenway. So that's a great strike rate for the combination with one horse. Six of the eleven rides she's had have been wins. The Spirit of Boom uh, Gelding now produced. Eight wins out of 41 with three wins and two placings the last five. And she really plotted the course because it was quite heavy on the inside, but she made sure she got a track uh, three or four out from the rails. And uh, Clinton Austin's got this uh, gelding in great form. And Kelmar had snuck up on the rails, only went down a long neck, and Coupe de Ville was in third also for Clinton Austin. Then Alicia reproduced that run for Daryl Dollinger on a Money or the Gun eight-year-old mare called Mistress of Money. And here's Patience personified. First win out of 25 starts after 13 minor placings. It was its fourth run back after last racing in October 2018. And in those four runs, it had been placed two of its previous three. So it was a deserved win for Mistress of Money, but Alicia did the same thing. Used the strength of this mare in the straight to be three or four out, defeating my fixation for Rod Little and Emma Bell and improving for Dave Rewell, trained and ridden. But then the magic of her riding at the moment came out, I thought, in the next race when odds-on favourite Reconis in the Class B. This is a mare who's got plenty of ability. Also, she's had two wins and three placings in the last five runs which after a two-year layoff. Now, Alicia knows this mare extremely well, and she just let it find its feet. It was back at the tail of the field. You're backing an odds-on favourite. You're at Mudderborough. It's got a short straight. They don't seem to like being on the rails. And where was she? Back of the field, on the rails. But you could see between the six and the 400, she just cruised up to the back of the leaders. And uh, in the straight... She could have easily tried to find that path down the centre, but knowing that Reconis is one of those mares, if you start tinkering or doing things different on her that the rhythm she's in, leave her alone, let her go with what she's doing. So she let her go right up the rails and strength at the finish got the result over Portobello and tanned in. I think it's a, a sign of a jockey in top form when they can assess the situation and match it with the horse's characteristics, abilities. And she's going to be a loss to our region, obviously, after she finishes riding out here at Longreach on the weekend and uh, heads to um, Clinton Taylor in the Rockhampton area. 
Two other results on the program. Heroism. This horse won the last Mutterborough Cup in 2019, of course, with no cup there last year due to COVID. Scott Giddos all the way down from Cairns. He's been knocking at the door in open company races of late. Dropped back to a benchmark 55. Got in with 61 and a half and wins by almost five lengths from Spolina and Lollipop Rocket. And it was a dominant win because he drifted back, went wide, sprinted around them on the turn and just went away and uh, actually ran a time pretty similar to the uh, Mutterborough Cup itself. And then what an interesting race turned out to be in the other benchmark 55 when the two blondes, as Brooke Richardson quote, uh, quipped to me before she got legged up being a, a blonde herself, and Strawberry Blonde, it's aptly named when you see the, the, the flashy chestnut colours for David Rewald, this particular uh, mare, again, has been knocking on the door and was coming down the outside, but Hot Chocolate had got to the front. And, Tony, there's a, a post, I think, a photograph that's going to earn uh, Roxy Weston, uh, certainly the country photo of the year, I would think, uh, where you see Hot Chocolate trying to savage Strawberry Blonde mm. as it was going past. Um, and Brooke almost got one on the knee, and then he had a go at the, uh, the horse as well, Hot Chocolate. So he obviously didn't like a taste of Strawberry getting a victory in that particular win. An old grey falcon into third, but I've heard, I've seen photos of it. Never seen it live. Saw it live, and then I know Roxy. Even though it was her sister uh, riding um, Strawberry Blonde, I think all she was saying on some of the social media reports, boy, I hope I've got that photo. And did she ever? She snared it perfectly, and uh, it's there for all to see now. Yeah, it's doing the rounds on social media. Uh, if you haven't seen it, folks, you can find it at the on the bit Facebook page and uh, also at uh, RLR Photography. Uh, Roxy, you've done a wonderful job there. And uh, it also brought up an interesting discussion about uh, other horses that have uh, been known to bite uh, horses and fight them when they're going past. And just mentioning a couple that came up in some of the comments there, Tommy Smith's horses, Katanga and Bragger, would try to bite other horses in the running but would still want, uh, still win. And somebody mentioned Sosi Bon as one that they remembered. And, and Nordley was a bit of a biter as well. And it's just fantastic when you uh, see someone manage to capture some of those images. Uh, I won't say it's what racing is all about, but it's just one of those oddities that does happen in racing that's so wonderful when it is actually captured in the moment. And a credit to Roxy. She travels from Windora to all these meetings in the Central West and does an absolutely fantastic job. So it wrapped up a brilliant uh, Mutterborough meeting with over 400 people there and um, and that strong vision coming through. Uh, Tony, uh, who... I've just lost Tony's last name, but he um, he regularly does the Gimpy um, coverage, and he travelled all the way out to Mutterborough for the On the Bit team to uh, get that coverage, and and they're all of course up on the Racing Queensland website. Now Mutterborough we did have a few other race meetings on the weekend. Got to say, Mutterborough wasn't the only cup that we had on the weekend. It was also the Nango Cup day on Saturday. End of Australia for Mutant on the inside, straightens up, resets Sun. Chamber on the outside is trying hard. It's the local in front. Vermutin is finding. It's going to be a local cup. Richardson on the outside, trying home. Reset Sun. That's hit it with a whip, getting close to home, and that's a great win for Newton. The first Nango Cup for Hannah Richardson. They're followed uh, by Reset Sun. Kenford's made ground. Head to the others. Looks to be perfect. Page Chamberlain. Richford didn't do As much. Ross Stanley said the in the call there, Rob, it was the first uh, Nango Cup for Hannah Richardson. She combined with Glenn for a treble on the day, and Olivia Webb picked up a double on another day, another day where the girls rode the car. <laughs> It's just a continuing program and we'll see a lot more of it. And congratulations, uh, Hannah Richardson, with the first cup. There's a lot of that first cups going on after we've just talked about Rod Little and Glenn Richardson, of course, training for Mutant, the unusual suspect five-year-old gel gelding having its third run in the prep. And as you said, yes, a treble on the day. 
um, for that combination. They commence with Brutus. Uh, of course, Glenn's based at uh, Nanango, so the home track. And this is an ex-Patrick Sexton galloper, the Easy Rocking, and he's uh, one win and three minor placings out of four on the track, and it's his first run for Glenn. Defeated the Carpenter in Rockshaw. And then they also had the Old Bird. That's an interesting name for a, a benchmark 45 winner. It's by He's Remarkable, third win in 41. And uh, it got up and defeated Petit L and uh, Blood Blister. So uh, they dominated the proceedings there, the uh, three winners on the day out of the six-race program. But uh, young Olivia Webb raced to race double in races two and three. Capicino for Jackie Crompton, third run at the stable, the Cap Hero. A lot of Cap Heroes been winning on our country tracks, I'm noticing, in recent weeks. Seven wins out of 69, defeated Suffice and hold all tickets. And she backed up with uh, uh, Kristen Rune out of Wandai with uh, Kakatia. Um, the Monaco Consul five-year-old mare. It's only had three runs. Its first win defeated Kingsford Tiger and uh, Harry Lover. And uh, good to see the final event on the program, Isabella Tay continuing to get winners, this time for Greg Caddy with Craigley Carley. Now, this isn't one of the Craigley team, but it did start off that way, this D. Shemek. And I can remember its first ever win at uh, Bundaberg going back a couple of years. It stormed home from a mile back. It uh, hasn't reproduced that form too quickly, but good to see it back in the winner's circle, defeating Foxy Rose and uh, Prompt reply but the day did belong to uh, Glenn and Hannah Richardson and uh, taking the feature race there at Nanango Tony and just before we have a look at a couple of other meetings Richmond and Thangool and notably Richmond where Rick McMahon and Tanya Barry had doubles speaking of uh, those two they will have busy times coming up on Thursday acceptances closed off this morning for the uh, Matt Heiser tab program that is coming through this Thursday 12th of August it will feature the uh, Mailman Express the cutest maiden played over a thousand metres and also the uh, Copper Mart, the uh, open plate over a 1,000 metres. They've had 61 acceptors come in for that meeting and plenty of Tanya Parry stable runners there. And I'm sure Rick McMahon's going to have a big busy day, as will Dan Ballard, Nor Yardy, Jason Babarovich, Olivia Kendall. I don't want to leave too many out, but it's good to see that there's plenty of jockeys making their way there to the Mount Isa Tab program on Thursday. I'm sure they'll have a great day, and we wish our own uh, president down here, Andrew Watts, is going to call that meeting on Sky Channel and Tab uh, Radio Tab on uh, Thursday. Uh, he's looking forward to it immensely, and we'll look uh, eagerly to see the results coming through from there and report on that um, next week. But uh, Rick McMahon and Tanya Parry, well, they're in the right form going in because they got doubles on the day at uh, Richmond. And uh, Rick commenced with Robert Burrow with Crystal Helmet, another helmet getting up, placed two of its last four, defeated Rocket Head. That's also, I'm, prob I'm pretty sure, would be in the fields at Mount Isa. And half a crown in for third. He then combined with Tanya Parry with New York Poet to take the Class B over Watts Wong and uh, Ticket Keeper. You'll see many of these horses, I'm sure, will be backing up into that meeting, if not there, uh, going on to Prairie on the weekend. And uh, Tanya then combined, uh, sorry, with Terry, yeah, combined with Terry Hill with Bakur, uh, the Poet's Voice. Uh, one of Julia Creek two back and unplaced at Caulfield at its last run. And that uh, brought up the, um, the second of um, her double. And the other winners, of course, on the day, uh, Dan Ballard kicked off the program on Arrogant Heart for Ken Maguire, the Jabali that had been third at Hewenden in this last run, defeated the Tanya Parry-Rick McMahon combination of a lot of Fox and Hologram into third. But there is a winner here, I thought. Uh, Billy Johnson's got American genius in tremendous form. It ran, I think it was third in a Mackay race, came out to Longreach, 
and was very impressive in winning and has now gone on to the uh, Hughes Earth Moving Open Handicap over the 1,200, this seven-year-old by All-American, a defeat of the stablemate, best guest, and snippy strategic. And I know it was in the nominations. I haven't seen the acceptances, but I know that American Genius was headed that way. And, of course, also the feature, Tony, on Thursday, that meeting, it'll be the first time that Fab's Cowboys run in the Northwest, and that completes the fact that he will have raced in every single zone, racing zone of the state. Yeah, he's got 65 kgs in that uh, 1450 metre open. Uh, Olivia Kendall will take three off there, but he's drawn barrier three in a field of nine up against the likes of Charlie Cat, Grand Symphony, Dukes County, Capset, Okanagan Miss. Try and run a muck, Warren Bungle and almighty goal. That's going to be a great support to the Copper Mart and the Melbourne Express. Yeah, and he's in that sort of form where he's enjoying that type of distance based on the uh, way he won here in Longreach. As we wrap up the Saturday uh, programs with Than Gould, where Damien uh, Rideout and Leanne McCoy had a double there. Of course, Damien trains uh, on the track there, and he had the win with Setland Sarge, the uh, the wow signal five-year-old mare, and Leanne McCoy riding that, taking the Class 1 over Silver Planner and Wild Child. Um, as well, Damien and Leanne won with Tom Starr, this Hassan A that's got a great record at the track. Five wins and six minor placings out of 11. Uh, defeated no more bids and zo- bold zip. And the other winners then came with Alicia Donald combining with Gary Clem with Basio Fincenti, defeating Sudden Suspect and Craigley Wish. The Love Conquers All Gelding taking that race. Uh, Daunting Princess for Mary Hassam. This uh, team of Mary Hassam and, and these names were daunting. They go well. Uh, and Daunting Princess is another of the uh, of the progeny there, now scoring its first win as a three-year-old. The provincial form has been sound, defeated round the fire, and I'm strolling. And what a result for Crystal Johnson, um, really coming back into form with Craigley Arry and James Baker riding this in the benchmark 60, the Warhead six-year-old. He won last start here as well, and he's two uh, wins and a place from three at the track, defeated uh, Wemwara Bay and Craigley Satina into uh, third. But the day dominated by Damien Rideout, Leanne McCoy with the double, but of course, we also had a meeting on Sunday, Tony at Atherton. Into the straight they come, and down on the inside, it's Labrushko showing a bit of dash, trying to go with it, he's uh, hidden in Evan, Tycoon Thunder's going to split them and come through the middle now, as uh, Labrushko's collared by Tycoon Thunder, Tycoon Thunder the outside for Frankie Edwards, and he's put him away in a stride, Tycoon Thunder goes on to win well from Labrushko, Helmers gets home hard to get third, then Lejean, own sweet way, and hidden in heaven, well, that was a good bye, babe, Nafora. And she finished at the rear, but she did go hard early. Tycoon Thunder there taking out the 1,000-metre uh, f- uh, open at Atherton on Sunday. Rob, Ricky Ludwig training there, and Frankie Edwards in the saddle, picking up uh, one leg there of his winning double on the day, and Massa Abe also with a double. And six in a row for this horse. We talked about Nick the Skip. Uh, being an exciting horse out of that southwest. Well, I know Peter Rowe has mentioned on this show very early on, he's picked this horse as the best in far north Queensland. Six in a row, and he certainly met all qualifications with non-TAB races. It'd be interesting to see where Ricky Ludwig sends this very exciting five-year-old by a written tycoon, and he's adapting to all surfaces. So big future ahead, you would think, and we look with interest to where he goes next, um, defeating Labrusco and Helmaz. And, and great to see Maza Abe, Mazayuki Abe with that double. He's one of the hardest working jockeys from what you hear up in that area. And he combined um, in the second last race with Musical Girl with Charlie de Villiers, uh, the sidestep four-year-old mare defeating Regal Hart and Interrogation. And then he combined with Dean Piccolo with Volpez. And this was an impressive win. It just ran away from him in the end, uh, beating She's Nicking Off 
and Prince of Morocco. So the hard work paying off there for Mazza, getting a double on the day. Steve Wilson and Roy Chalemi, as usual, that combination you would expect winners. And this one Gina, four-year-old soul searcher, took the maiden plate over Mahis Manello and Decaf. And the other race on the program was taken by Philly Slater, Janelle Ryan and Frankie Edwards, the strictly ballroom five-year-old mare. Uh, and a good form too. One win, three placings its last four. Defeated uh, Wild Choice for Mazza Abe and Zogni into third. But we watch with a lot of interest with Tycoon Thunder where that horse will go because it's exciting to see when you get horses like Namazuki and uh, with those guineas, you've got Nick to skip and now you've got uh, Tycoon Thunder. They're building enviable records and we really watch with interest where they go, Tony. Yeah, we were mentioning before about uh, some of the uh, the great stories that are going up on the, uh, the Racing Queensland website. And uh, yeah, credit where credit is. Is due. There's a uh, very good write-up there uh, all about Tycoon Thunder hitting his competition for six. Uh, another good quality article there from Jordan Gerrans. I feel like I'm a bit of a fanboy of Jordan's this morning, but I always say credit where credit is due, and it's nice that he's uh, putting out uh, some of the news here, like he did with the, uh, the club spotlight on Torwood Racing this coming weekend, and we've covered plenty of ground this morning. And definitely, and, and it's just so great for country racing to get this exposure, uh, the articles going up there and, and, of course, articles that people are writing in their own areas and the coverage that we're now getting. And, yeah, there's still little issues going on, but uh, it's great to be able to get on that Racing Queensland uh, website and look at the non-TAB racing replays as they come available and uh, certainly going to allow people, well, particularly even going to Mount Isa, I think, with this meeting on Thursday when they're, they're studying form, they can actually backtrack and see a few of these horses um, racing and uh, it might... Might uh, be an interesting program up there, and uh, we wish them well for that up there in the northwest. But we look forward to this weekend where all those races continue, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week on Bush Beat. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Any of the great stories, and let's hope the run of success for some of these exciting horses continues, Tony. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Luck and Brett Moody for joining us this week on Bushby. Good luck to the clubs racing this week. I didn't mention Innisfail with their TAB program on Saturday. It's the Banana Marketing Cup meeting there, along with the uh, TAB meetings uh, backtracking Thursday at Mount Isa and today at Mackay, and the non-TAB programs there on Saturday, Cunnamulla, Gladstone, Longreach, Prairie and Torwood. We wish you all good luck and good racing on the weekend, and we'll be back to report on all of that for you again at the same time next week on Bushbeat here on Radio TAB.